Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Monday, August 23rd. And today I'm going to answer a few of your questions and give you some hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Washington State was once admired for its public schools, its thriving economy, the safety of our cities, and our raw natural beauty. People wanted to move here. Now they want to leave. The truth is the radical left has been chipping away at our great state for a long time. They spent literally the last 30 years dismantling brick by brick the very virtues and values that made Washington State a sought-after place to live and work. The Democrats' assault on public safety through the demonization of police officers trying to do their job is threatening to our peace of mind and to the safety we have long enjoyed in the district. In fact, the disastrous policies of woke bureaucrats have emboldened criminals by allowing them to avoid conviction and incarceration. I've had enough. We can do better. The dream that Martin Luther King had for this country is quickly fading as once again we're focusing more on skin color than on character. Have you had enough? Because the left is just getting started. Our constitutional walls have been breached. Even our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is being threatened. I've had enough. This must not stand. It's time for a change in leadership. And the only way to combat the bold, hostile takeover of our American way of life is to elect bold leaders who love this country and are willing and ready to fight for her. I'm Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress because I know that together we can turn the tide and restore America to the values that have made her the greatest nation on earth. If you've had enough of weak Republican leadership and dangerous Democrats, I invite you to join me in the fight for the soul of America. There's no time to lose, and I'm just getting started. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. Uh, Every one of you who came out to our picnic this Saturday, or this Sunday, rather, yesterday, was epic. Thank you guys so much for coming out. It was very encouraging to see all of you. And just to to hear your stories and hear your concerns, and uh, also just to see how many people are coming on board to help me in my run for the United States House of Representatives. Thank you guys so much for that. If you're interested in getting involved in my campaign, go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Click on the volunteer tab. We need all the help we can get. It's going to take a village. It's going to take more than a village. It's going to take a district, and uh, we need your help. A couple of things that are on my heart today, mostly because of conversations that I've been having with parents, especially, and just citizens around my district and around the nation, really, via the podcast and you know various places where I've had public influence for a long time. I am seeing what I can only describe as depression, you know, the real kind. I've had many um, men come and talk to me at at campaign stops and school board meetings, Uh, grown men, you know, these big, strong, strapping men in tears because their jobs are being threatened because they uh, they won't take an injection that they don't want to have. And people are, it, I mean, this is real, you guys, people are losing their jobs. Here in the Pacific Northwest, I've heard, you know, different varying deadlines coming from these disgusting hospitals and these woke universities. And they're telling their staff, you know, I mean, men, our men and women of law enforcement, paramedics, firefighters, people who have been on the job and wonderful at it for 
years and oftentimes decades now, and they've excelled in their jobs and they've never had a bad report. And all of a sudden they're going to be fired because they won't, they, they won't take it. They won't have an injection. And no one's talking about natural immunity. So a lot of these people that don't need the ridiculous shot because they've already had the China virus. And yesterday in particular, uh, I, I was just heartbroken. I don't know another way to say it. I've gotten to the point where, I mean, opening up my email every day and, and checking the, uh, you know, the mailbox Monday form, which I've been doing with you guys for years. There's so much fear and so much anxiety. And I want to take you to the word of God today because I was I was reading uh, some of the headlines. And if you guys aren't, you know, I, I have this very, like a foreboding, I guess, in my spirit that we are going to see a massive rise in suicide. We already have. And this will be the bitter legacy of this failed leadership. And that is that's all it is. It's failed leadership mixed with uh, a spirit, a dark spirit that is unleashed and it's working in the world right now. And we're watching a rise in suicide here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you just look on the news, you can see uh, global suicides are on the rise. Uh, I was reading in the Norman transcript not even a day ago that suicides have now climbed to their highest point since 2006. And mental health crises are going to continue to escalate as these, I'm, 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 I'm actually angry about this. I am so angry at how hospitals are treating their, uh, their doctors and nurses who've been working during the pandemic. And now if you don't, if you don't uh, kowtow to this ridiculous, you know, mandates and these uh, ridiculous uh, so-called experts, they're losing their jobs. Uh, I met a man in Washington state just a couple of days ago who came up to me. And again, we, we were talking about this and he just burst into tears and he said, I'm sorry, I, I don't normally cry over anything. But he said, my wife and I are talking about how we're going to pay our bills and how we're going to, you know, we're going to be, you know, getting our trailer and moving it on my parents' property. And this is not okay. And we've been warning about this since the pandemic, we need to be, the masks hurt our children. These lockdowns are devastating. And now, you know, of course, in Washington and Oregon, uh, the ridiculous mandate, the mask mandate is back. Not for Heidi St. John, I'm not doing it. I'm so, I'm so over this. The masks don't work. We can talk about that another time. But this is criminal what's happening. And as I was starting to, you know, I'm just reading the headlines and it's not just in the United States. Uh, I read an article in The Guardian a few days ago citing that um, there was an alarming rise in suicide in Kenya right now, um, that, that uh, communities of color are experiencing their highest levels of suicide that they have had in many, many years. And this is, again... It's the spirit of the age, at least in the culture, and it's also terrible leadership from the Biden administration to these corrupt, wicked governors, to corrupt mayors. We've got a, a pandemic of sin and wickedness that has been unleashed on the world, and the United States has definitely not been immune to it. And I was reading my Bible this morning, and I wanted to encourage you. Well, there's a couple different avenues, really, that I thought, you know what, because I, I was coming, I was asking God for help because I feel it. I feel this spirit, this heaviness, it just sort of it's, sits on you and it's heavy and it hurts and it's hard. And uh, those of us who are leading during this during this time, 
are carrying a tremendous load. I read in a post in Barna the other day, surveyed pastors say as many as 70% are going to resign their positions within the next couple of years because they just, it's so heavy. And there's so many people coming to their offices and uh, we got marriages in crisis. We've got people losing their homes, you know, these ridiculous lockdowns, all the things I just said. Well, I was reading out of First Chronicles and it hit me, you know, the, the Israelites all, in constant battles, right? The, the Amalekites, you know, they were in constant battles. And there's one little verse and I was reading First Chronicles chapter five and it said, they, meaning the Israelites, they cried out to God during the battle and he answered their prayer because they trusted in him. So the enemies, the Hagrites in this particular uh, instance, and all their allies were defeated. And that phrase, all their allies, really stood out to me because when, when God gives victory, you guys, it's complete. And I know many of you are discouraged today. I, I know many of you are worried about all these evil mandates and many of you are being forced out of jobs that you've loved and excelled at your entire lives. And so today I'm going to encourage you, cry out to God. This is what the Israelites did. The Bible records they cried out to God during the battle. And we are in the midst of one of the hardest things our nation and the world, I think, has ever gone through. And God is saying, cry out to me. Trust me. We've appealed to men, you guys, and it's failing. And we need to appeal to heaven. The Bible is very clear on what we are to do as we work our way through difficult times. And we're instructed not to worry. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, we read, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And the truth is, we are, we're in a, in a very difficult place right now, but the, the Word of God doesn't change. We've been told over and over and over again, do not worry. Do not worry. Because what happens is there's not grace for what's going to happen tomorrow. And I've had conversations with many, many mothers over the years who, you know, they they give birth to these babies and they realize, oh, my word, my heart's going to walk around outside my body now forever, which which it does. And we worry about our children physically. We worry about them emotionally. We worry about them spiritually. And I'm often... Uh, telling moms, you know, the Bible says, do not worry that that thing that you're worrying about for your child, there is no grace for it because you're not there right now. And there's no grace for us to worry about what, you know, whether or not our spouse gets cancer and dies or whether or not uh, Heidi St. John's going to win a congressional race or whether or not, you know, we're going to be forced into uh, quitting our job because we won't take an injection. And the reason that I think Jesus warned us over and over again not to worry is because when we when we when we lean in and we give in to what I've always called to my children as the what if monster, what if this and what if that. It's not that we shouldn't be planning and thinking about the future, but we mustn't let it cripple us. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
And I love that that Jesus in his foresight uh, knows the heart of human beings. He knows how prone to worry we are. He knows how prone to anxiety. And he says, hey, don't worry, because there's no grace for the thing that hasn't happened yet. The grace comes when you need it. And I've been walking with God a long time. And one thing, and I'm, t- I'm preaching to myself right now, you guys, too. I'm just, because my heart is just so burdened. And I love the people uh, that listen to this show. And I hate the emails that I'm getting. And I cry with you. And I've been weeping with you. And my heart has been broken right along with you at what's happening. But we know that worrying, not only does it empty us of today's strength, It robs us of the ability to hear from the Lord in the moment. And we got to remember, you guys, that at the end of the day, whether you work for Legacy Salmon Creek or whether you work for Providence Hospital in Portland or whether you are a firefighter or a police officer, a first responder, a public school teacher who's been ordered to get an injection, our provision, and this, this, I was reminded of this the other day because there were a long time ago when my husband and I were facing very, very serious financial problem. And we were transitioning from my husband uh, working at the church to my writing career and traveling as a family. And so many things felt so heavy at the time. And I was sitting out on my back porch and I was just crying, kind of feeling sorry for myself. And I was scared to death. You know, what's going to happen if this and if that, the word, you know, the, the, the what if monster. And my mother-in-law came outside and she said, you know, why are you crying? And I explained to her and, and she, she, you know, I was talking about, you know, my husband's work and everything felt so up in the air. And she said, Heidi, Jay's not your provider. And I kind of stopped and looked at her and I needed that, I needed that sort of someone to wake me, to shake me, right? And she said, Jay's not your provider. Your provider is God. Who do you think gave Jay the job? Who do you think provides for your family every day, for the food that you eat and the shelter that, that God has so graciously provided. It's God. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Our provision comes from God. It doesn't come from the state. It doesn't come from a hospital. It doesn't come from a paycheck. It doesn't. You guys have been hearing me talk about the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And if you haven't had an opportunity to check them out, I'm going to encourage you to do it. Uh, Their mission is to equip teachers and teach parents the methods that are going to help their children be successful and competent and confident communicators and thinkers. IEW uses the four language arts, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And their methods have been proven to be effective for students for all ages and all levels of ability, including those who are gifted, have special needs, or are English language learners. Check it out at IEW.com. And as I was speaking and have been speaking more and more to uh, men and women who are literally, literally now they're being uh, faced with, it's a horrible decision. And I feel God impressing it on my heart to remind you, that God is your provider and we are going to take care of each other like the church took care of each other in Acts. And I and I don't know where we're going with all of this, but I do know Jesus said, do not worry. Do not worry. Which of us by worrying can add a single hour to our life? We're just draining today of its strength. 
and we're not trusting God, that wherever we go, whatever trial we step into, the grace of God will be there. I learned this uh, when my nephew was hit by a car a few years ago, back in, I think it was 2017, sitting in, you know, in the hospital with my sister. And here's my, my nephew, his neck is broken, his back is broken. And you always wonder, what would I do if I get that phone call? And that worst case scenario plays itself out. And I can tell you guys that in that moment, God was so present. He's going to meet you. And in the middle of all of this, in the middle of this ridiculousness, in the middle of the scamdemic and all of it, and we're watching our liberties being stripped away from us and Christians who we thought we could trust have absolutely zero discernment and pastors who are cowards and all of it, we have an extraordinary opportunity to share the gospel. Because at the end of the day, it this can never be about the China virus. It can never be about our government stripping our, our freedoms away from us. And oh my goodness, and watching what's happening in Australia right now. Forget Afghanistan. Our world, something terribly wicked has been unleashed upon our world. And we have an opportunity to point people to heaven. We have an opportunity to remind people this, this world is not our home. I'm hearing stories coming out of Afghanistan, and what an incredible embarrassment the Biden administration is turning out to be. I mean, we knew it would be bad. This is, this is above and beyond how bad we any of us ever thought that it could be. And we're hearing about Christians being gunned down and Taliban uh, members going door to door looking for Bible apps on phones and, uh, and killing people. And I heard a report that as people are being taken out into the streets and shot for their faith in Christ Jesus, that they're singing and praying as they're being gunned down. And it's grace. It's God's grace. He meets us for whatever challenge lies ahead of us. And and I don't know what those, those challenges are going to be, but I do know because God promises it, the grace of God will be there when we need it. The grace of God will be there when we need it. And for those of you who are worried and sad and struggling, or you know someone who is, I just want to remind you again, don't don't let your heart be weighed down. Look up. Turn your eyes heavenward. Trust the Lord. You see, something is happening. And I've told you guys for years, you know, I, I believe the return of the Lord is imminent. I think it's very, very close. And as it gets closer, the Bible tells us that we will experience birth pains, the beginnings of birth pains, that the world is groaning under the weight of sin. And the truth of the matter is, you, you know, our hope is never here. It's never been here. It's, it's, in, it's in the Bible. It's, it's found in, in, in God and in Jesus and how much he loves us. And he loves you. And, and uh, mom and dad, your kids need to know that in the middle of this. I think it's very easy for us to just get caught up talking about what's happening in the world. And, we, and I'm totally guilty of this. I can't relax. I can't, you know, I'm a, a stress cleaner. You guys, I have cleaned my house out so much lately. <laughs> I have been taking stuff to the dump. I have been, I'm like, whoa, I haven't worn that sweater in a long time. Bye-bye. You know, I'm, this is how I, I kind of process my stress and my uh, anxiety and I just, I'm a stress purger. I know a lot of you are in the same boat right now. And I'm going to encourage you turn up the worship music. I have found so much solace lately in 
listening to old hymns, even on on Spotify. I've been listening to Keith Green. Some of you guys remember uh, uh, Keith Green. You're old enough to remember. And I loved his album, you know, uh, You, you Want to Go Back to Egypt. And I've been singing to that and and uh, asking the Lord just to fill my heart in the moment so that I have room to love my husband, to love my children, to run for Congress. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me. My uh, my book deadline's coming right up, and I'm going to be uh, working like a crazy woman for the next week or so, uh, finishing this 365-day devotional that I have been writing now for about a year and a half. And I got to tell you, um, it's not very easy to write when your heart is heavy. And I, my heart is so heavy because I, I genuinely just love people. I, I particularly love the people of the district that God has placed me in. And I have lived here for a long time. And, and of course, you know, that is evidence just in the, in the run for Congress and in wanting to come together to actually do something that's good for the people that are here. But I got to write a book. <laughs> so if you guys would pray for me, I'm up early working on it and weaving it into into my day and asking the Lord to really fill me with hope and with joy. And it comes from the Lord. It really does. Hope comes from Jesus. Uh, it's not something you can manufacture. Um, it comes from God and from knowing that we're secure. And that's where I want to point you guys. I want to point you guys back today to the living hope that we have in God to be able to point our children to him. In Psalm 62, verse five, it says, yes, my soul find rest in God for my hope comes from him. The NLT says it, let all that I am wait quietly. How do you even do that? Let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is in him. My hope is in him. The King James says, my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. We wait on the Lord. And so we're going to, we're going to have to be patient to be strong and courageous, right? That's Psalm 27, 14, wait patiently for the Lord, be strong and courageous, wait patiently, wait patiently for him. This is going to take perseverance, perseverance, meaning patience and action. And let's demonstrate it. How are your neighbors doing you guys? I'm going to circle back to what I said in the beginning. I really do think we're going to see a massive crisis in suicides as people are being laid off their jobs and they don't have hope. And as men and women of Jesus, we can be sharing that hope. We can be instruments of hope. When was the last time you prayed with a stranger? And prayed over someone who was hurting. God's going to give you opportunity. And as Paul said in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Jesus is the anchor that anchors, he's the hope that anchors our soul to the solid rock. Because as Christians, this world is not our home. We don't live for here. We live, we live for a city to come who God tells us that the architect and builder is God himself. And so we can rest in that knowledge. And so ask the Lord to take your eyes off yourself and your own situation today. Father, is there someone around me that I can help, someone I can encourage, someone I can uh, reach out to? Christians have an opportunity right now not only here in the United States, but around the world to actually shine forth the light of Jesus in a very, very dark time. 
And I don't know about you guys, but my hope, my hope is in, in is in the Lord, it's in heaven. And so we're going to keep doing exactly what God's asked us to do until the Lord takes us home. And speaking of that, for those of you who are in this area, on Wednesday, I'll be at Flight of Park. I'm doing something called a Freedom Rally. There's going to be some awesome guests there. And we're going to do more than just rally. I'm going to give you marching orders. And so we're done just getting together and and rallying and talking and holding signs up on the freeway. We're going to give you guys instructions. We're going to help. We're going to start moving the needle in a way that um, lets you feel like, okay, we're doing something. So please come out uh, six o'clock Wednesday, the 25th at Philida Park in North Washington or North Vancouver. Well, it's Washington too, but that's way too big. Don't go to Northern Washington. You'll be too far. Go to North Vancouver to Philida Park. There'll be more information about it up on my website. We love you guys. We love you. Be still. Wait patiently for the Lord. Don't fret when evil men prosper in their ways and when they carry out wicked schemes, because in God alone, our soul finds rest. Our salvation comes from him. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here at the intersection of faith and culture tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.